Uh, The reading is taken from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star in the east and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen in the east, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Thanks, Jen. Well, good afternoon. afternoon. Do you you know how long it is since we've had a four o'clock service? I realised this yesterday. It's it's the 11th of December we last had, just a four o'clock. That feels like a very long time ago, doesn't it? So it's somewhat of a reunion today, so it's very nice to see you all again. It's lovely. And to see it going dark again as we, we sit in church together, it's lovely. Now, as James has said, we've still got our tree up because we're celebrating Epiphany, of course, but I'm wondering if anybody else wants to confess to still having their decorations up. Oh, Chris Smith is... Hello, hello. We've got three people in the room who've still got their decorations up, but it's okay. Because we're celebrating Epiphany, you are therefore allowed to have them up. Now, I took mine down on the 6th, because, of course, that's, that's the real date of Epiphany, isn't it? But we're, we're celebrating it on, I mean, the real date today. <laughs> but we celebrate it on the Sunday. That's, that's okay. So I did acknowledge the full 12 days of Christmas, but there was not a single turtle dove in my house, I can confirm. But the rest of the world has already moved on from Christmas, hasn't it? Apart from these three members of our congregation. The rest of the world, it feels like have already moved on and it's like we've just rushed into January and we've rushed back into life full steam ahead and we've all moved on but here we are still hanging out in the stable we've still got our stable up we're still hanging out here and why is that why are we still in Christmas in the church why are we still celebrating it well I mean it's a good thing to celebrate for a start but it's because of course it's the arrival of the wise men isn't it now why on earth would we celebrate the arrival of the wise men Is it because they're men and they're wise? No, not at all. There are lots of wise men in the world, not at all. Um, But maybe there is a special reason, actually, that we celebrate them. 
Maybe there is. And you'll be pleased to know that I think there is, because if I didn't think there was, this talk wouldn't be very good, would it? But we will get to that in a minute. But I'm wondering, first of all, um, if anybody here has had like an epiphany over Christmas and New Year, because it's very different, isn't it? We're not at work, we're at home, we see family and friends a lot more, we get epiphanies over that time. Now, I've had a number of epiphanies over Christmas and New Year, of course I have. Um, my life's very different this Christmas and New Year, so um, I've realised a lot of things. One of the things I've realised about myself is that I do in fact leave lights on an incredible amount, which I didn't know, I did not know. I went away for five days over Christmas, and when I returned I had the garage light was on, I could see it glowing from underneath the door, and I thought, oh, for goodness sake. And I left various other lights on, and I thought, wow, clearly haven't heard of the energy crisis, have I? But leaving all sorts of things on, that's one of the things I have realised about myself. But the other, and a very positive thing, I'm very happy with this, is that I'm not as bad at flat pack furniture as I thought. <laughs> I can build things. Thank you, Jen, I saw that little clap. I can build things. So I have built a king-size bed by myself. I know, Tay, yeah, yeah, get that, yeah. I haven't slept on it yet because I'm worried. <laughs> My brother is coming over at the end of January and he's going to sleep on it and we'll see how that goes. I've also built a bunk bed. I know, yes, I know, for my brother's kids. Again, not going to safety test it first. <laughs> but of course I had a number of epiphanies while building these things um, because you think you know what you're doing and you think I don't need to look at the instructions anymore, I've got this, and you don't, do you? Um, and one of them was this bunk bed that I've built and it's a metal bunk bed with metal slats, nice and cheap, um, <laughs> only the best for my brother. Um, and I put the slats in the bottom bunk first because I'm that clever, you see, and I, I build things barefoot, again, because I'm that clever, um, and I put all of the slats in, and then I thought, oh, yeah, exactly, yeah, see, silly, isn't it, because then how are you going to put the top in? You've got to stand on those metal railings to like, oh, it was horrible, that was a mistake, I couldn't take them out again, it was just ridiculous, and I had that epiphany too late, frankly, I wish I'd realised earlier. But that is what an epiphany is, isn't it? It's that moment of realisation, hopefully not too late generally, but it's that moment of going, oh, I get it, I get it. And so when we hang out in this season of epiphany for a few weeks in the church, um, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at those moments of realisation of when we find out who Jesus is, when we suddenly realise who Jesus is. Uh, an old vicar I used to know, he used to say, it's when you know it in your knower. And it, yeah, know it in your knower. He couldn't find another word for it. He was like, you just suddenly know it in a different way. It's that moment of going, oh, I get it. I get it. And so I want to suggest, actually, that the wise men might have had a personal epiphany of their very own. I think they must have done. They really, really must have done, because they saw a star a star that was different from the others, and they decided to follow it. So they must have had some sort of revelation with this star. So I think they must have been open to the interpretation of the Holy Spirit in that moment, to see the star and suddenly know, know that Jesus is going to be born. That's an incredible moment. And then to be, continue to be open to 
to the spirit as they go on their journey because they turn up at Herod's thinking, well, of course the baby's going to be here. This is the royal palace and he's not. So they're still open to the leading of God in that moment, to that revelation, that ongoing revelation. And then they're still open to him even after they visited Jesus and they go back a different route because God reveals to them, actually, they need to go back a different route. They are open to this and they have epiphany after epiphany, don't they? these guys. So maybe they are worth celebrating. Maybe this is something wonderful. Uh, Scholars think they travelled about 500 miles. And you don't travel 500 miles on a whim, do you? The proclaimers did, but nobody else does. So I don't think that this was a whim. I think they must have known in their Noah. They must have really, really known. There must have been revelation from God with this. And I think they could have easily ignored it Because we can, can't we? When we feel like we know something, we can ignore it. We could not be open to it. They could dismiss it even. They could just go, oh no, no, I must be wrong. And it actually takes real guts to go with it. It takes guts to go 500 miles thinking, no, I'm right. I've got to be right. I feel it. I feel it. But I feel like it's still weird to celebrate that they had an epiphany. Like, no one's celebrating my epiphanies with my flat pack, are they? (laughs) But... There must be a bigger reason. There must be more. And I think it's because the wise men, they have traveled from a long way away. They are not part of Israel. They are not part of the Jewish nation. And yet, they're drawn into the story. They are brought into this story. And that's the incredible thing. We celebrate Epiphany because suddenly the story has changed. Suddenly, God coming as Jesus is to save all people. It's to save all people, the whole world, all people of all time. The gospel message is good news for everyone. And that is something worth celebrating. And that is why we celebrate Epiphany, because it's this like, pivotal moment when suddenly we realize, we go, oh my goodness, that means I'm safe too. Like, this is for everybody. This is blown open wide for everyone. Good news for all. Even for us here in Dudley in 2023, while it's going dark outside, there is still good news. And I think the message for us today, the real clear message, as as I was going through this, I thought about just saying the same I said last year, but I'm not. Um, (laughs) I think the message for us is actually about trusting in God. It's about trusting in God in the new year in our lives. Because God's plan is always bigger. However big you think his plan is, it's bigger. It is always, always bigger. And just as he decided to kind of graft in people that were 500 miles away into the birth of his son, he's grafted you in to his plan as well. You are part of God's plan. You are grafted into this plan. So wherever you are at the start of this year, eight days in, I know, but wherever you are, whether you're excited about everything that the year holds or whether you're terrified, actually, there's some really scary stuff coming up. You're now running five churches. My goodness, James. <laughs> whether, whether you're dreading the future, whether you're thinking there's so much I'm absolutely dreading this year, or whether you're feeling really hopeful and thinking, do you know what, this year it's going to be a good year. No one says it out loud, do they? But whether that is what you're feeling, God has grafted you into his story already. 
whatever has happened in your life so far, you are a part of his story. And I think remembering that his plan is always bigger. It means that if we've started the year in a bad place, do you know what, if stuff's already gone wrong and stuff is happening that doesn't make sense and we've left the old year behind, but that stuff still keeps happening and it still feels rubbish, like even if that's where we're at, it means that God is somehow in this with us, that God has still got you. It's not just that you're left free-falling. You know, all stories have chapters where rubbish stuff happens because it would be a rubbish story if it was just all lovely all the time, wouldn't it? All stories have chapters that are a bit naff. And so actually, if you feel like, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm free-falling, you're absolutely not. You are part of God's story. You are part of his plan. And I think we can take real encouragement from that. And I think just like the wise men as well, just like them, we can have that revelation of Jesus ourselves too. And so I want to encourage you to seek out that revelation, to seek it out and be open to revelation of Jesus. Be open to it as you read your Bibles, as we worship together, but also when you're just in your normal day-to-day lives, like when you're watching TV, when you're watching films, listening to music. God speaks to me through music all the time, because I love music. He has to talk through music, otherwise I wouldn't listen. No, that's not true. But be open to those revelations of Jesus. Because it's that revelation that transforms us and enables us to trust in him more and enables us to see that we are part of his plan and of his story. So let's pray. God, we thank you so much that we are a part of your story. And God, we thank you that we can trust in you. And we pray today that you would help us to be a people who can trust in you more that you would reveal yourself to us and you give us eyes to see where you are and ears to hear you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.